Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. This week's episode is going to cover a piece that represents a grand leap in the depiction of the human form. It is called Credios Boy, having been named by the artist believed to have sculpted him. This piece dates from around 500 to 480 BCE, and is the first instance we have a contrapposto being used in an artistic work. By analyzing it, we can learn a lot about how art developed in ancient Greece. Critias Boy is made of marble and is slightly smaller than life-size. He stands at about 3 feet 10 inches tall. Nearly the entire piece survived the ravages of time. Though both arms are missing from the elbow down, one leg is cut off at the knee, while the other is only missing the foot. He is also missing his eyes. They were most likely made of glass paste and inlaid into the skull. This was a technique used most often in cast bronze sculptures, but we do see it sometimes with marble. Critios, or whoever created this piece, sculpted the young man with a symmetrical, classically handsome face, stylized hair, a muscular torso, and a stoic or aloof facial expression. Without inscriptions or records, we can't be sure of his identity. Was he meant to represent an actual person, or is Critios boy more of an ideal? As mentioned before, there are no records that can tell us the true purpose of Critios boy, but using a few clues, we can postulate. Firstly, this piece was discovered on the Acropolis. We will discuss how later in this episode. This was one of the most sacred sites in all of ancient Greece. Perhaps the statue served as a tribute to Athena, the patron goddess of Athens. Another theory is that Critios boy was based on a real man, one who was quite wealthy. The statue was placed in or near one of the temples to provide perpetual prayers for the person they were based upon. When Critios boy was sculpted, the city of Athens was reaching the peak of its power. The military forces were key in defeating the Persian armies in multiple engagements. In fact, the citizen of Athens founded the Dillian League. This was a coalition of city-states that vowed to help prevent any further Persian attacks. The power that was brought by heading this league allowed Athens to become the political, cultural, and economic center of Greece. By the mid-5th century BCE, there were about 30,000 citizens living in Athens. But, in fact, the actual number of people living here was much larger. A person could only qualify as citizen if they were male and born to another Athenian citizen and an Athenian woman. Only these men had the rights of the democracy that Athens was famous for. One of the high points, quite literally, of classical Greece was the Acropolis. In Greek, the word Acropolis can mean any high point that overlooks something. In this case, it was a rocky hill that sits above Athens. Archaeological evidence shows that the area was inhabited starting in the 4th millennium BCE. Over the centuries, it became a sacred place and many temples were built. The buildings that we know and cherish today, including the Parthenon, the Propylaea, the Erechtheion, and the Temple of Athena Nike, were built in the period following Critias Boy under the direction of Pericles. The sacredness of the site is partially responsible for the survival of the statue. In 1832, Greece gained its independence from the Ottoman Empire. To re-establish a cultural identity, they set out to rebuild the Acropolis, as well as add a museum. In 1866, workers were digging on the hill to build a foundation. In the rubble, they discovered a pit full of broken statues, including the pieces of Critios Boy. This pit became known as Persianschut, which is German for Persian rubble. 
When the Persians invaded Athens, they set out to the Acropolis on a path of destruction. The soldiers took all of the statues and sacred items they could find and destroyed them. After the items were in pieces, they were buried in the ground. In an ironic twist of fate, the destruction and burial is what allowed for these pieces to survive to the modern era. Next, we're going to discuss the development of Greek art, but first, let's take a quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's dive into the importance of Credios Boy. In order to fully understand how significant he is, we'll have to take a trip back in time. The first instances of art in the Greek Isles come from the Cycladic Islands. They are small statues made of marble that date from around 3000 BCE to 1000 BCE. Without faces or clothing, these statues are anonymous. However, their limbs and bodies are fairly proportional and it's clear that they were meant to represent human beings. After the Cycladic movement, Greek art transitioned to the geometric period. Dating from around 1050 to 700 BCE, figures of this time tended to be more rectangular and curvy than before. In addition, the medium switched from being primarily marble to more bronze figures and vase painting. It was a fairly short movement and gave way to the more famous Archaic period. Art from this time, between 700 BCE and 500 BCE, is known for creating the full realization of the human form. Bodies tend to be very upright with tension, this was adopted from both the ancient Near East and Egypt, which Greece had contact with via trade routes. Their stances were always symmetrical, with equal limbs and limb placement. The signature smile, known as an archaic smile, is a slightly off-putting smirk. It was used to indicate life and prosperity in the sculpture. There are images of all these styles on our blog, so make sure to check it out. Finally, we've reached the early classical period, where Kredios Boy belongs. The biggest shift between this and the previous archaic period is the use of contrapposto. Italian for counterpose, this technique creates a realistic pose for the statue. Instead of equal weight distribution between both legs, the weight runs through one side of the hip and down the back leg. This is a far more natural pose and the way that humans tend to stand when at rest. This shows that the ancient Greek artists understood that life wasn't perfectly balanced, it was asymmetrical. It's when we truly learned to reflect ourselves. The development and use of contrapposto eventually led to the canon of Polyclitus. One of the most famous sculptors in history, Polyclitus developed a theory on the perfect human proportions. This can best be seen in his work Doriferos, or The Spear Bearer. You can find an image on our blog. This piece dates from around 30 years after Credios Boy. His weight is so perfectly balanced that it looks as if he could step off the pedestal at any moment. It's an effortless appearance that appears to transcend reality. In fact, this work was so beloved, it was considered the most beautiful piece of sculpture in history. It inspired many Renaissance artists, including Donatello and Michelangelo. Critias Boy represents many things, from the rise of classical Greece to a dramatic shift in art. 
and showcases the natural human desire to represent themselves and the world around them. Tune in next week to learn all about another Greek masterpiece, the winged Nike of Samothrace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.